Hi there, River Heights. As always, I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. We're here to talk about our favorite plane watching, prize larkspur growing, reader educating, biscuit loving, aviary society knowing detective, Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew. She's a jack of all trades this time. I think what's great about Password to Larkspur Lane is that we get Nancy Drew, a character sketch. <laughs> the myth is built up. We learn a lot of facts about Nancy from a 1930s white man. Almost as many facts about Nancy as we learn about the flower Larkspur. This is a doozy of a case. I felt like it was less all over than his other cases, but he is constantly telling us about Nancy. And as is true in the world of Nancy, crime begets crime. Doesn't matter how sly or well put together your crime syndicate is, you're going to be taken down by the fact that someone in it wants to do a small crime. The criminals in River Heights would do well to start working more independently. Yeah, or, or just get people together who they know will focus on the one thing. And maybe don't like be like, oh yeah, my old buddy from jail, I'm going to get him back involved with crime because that'll be great. If I started a small business, so, <laughs> right? this a pyramid scheme yeah get in the small business with me if i said to you listen we're selling knives door to door and you were like that sounds good i also have an idea and it doesn't have you know i'm not gonna bother your knife selling <laughs> but while i'm in people's homes i'm going to make fireworks <laughs> and i was like don't do that while you're selling my knives because that's going to affect my business and you're like it's fine it's just a side gig while i'm selling knives I'm going to gather the ingredients for and create fireworks in people's homes. It'll be fine. Let's have a funny podcast where we talk about like a teenage series and then we get into it and we're like, mm, we need to also, also have serious discussions. Have two minisodes a week <laughs> about race and class relations. Yes. No one would do that. Not us. What's first for you? What's the number one thing we learn about Nancy? We always know, but we're reminded again that she's an attractive, tidy, and haired lady. A girl detective, I mean. What he lacks in original description at the beginning, he makes up throughout the book, just like making sure you know everything about Nancy. She looks like breadcrumbs of, of how pretty she is. How mythical she is. Iconic. Right off the bat, she's collecting a bouquet of her larkspurs to enter into a contest, which, no surprise, they do end up winning that contest. It's not even important to the plot. Like, <laughs> just in the background, she's winning stuff. No, but somehow the dog from the criminals shows up at the show, and right when she's going to get a picture with her prized flowers... They, he... sick, they sick it on her. Yeah, but not on her. Like, they specifically get the dog to attack her flowers somehow. <laughs> Larkspur, that's our thing. Get her! <laughs> we will kill what is most dear to you, Nancy True. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your begonias are next. <laughs> Not only does she have these prize-winning flowers, but she knows a lot of facts about larkspurs or delphinium. What she doesn't know about larkspurs, she's able to... Deduce. Deduce. <laughs> larkspur. What an interesting name. Spur is a horse, because you have spurs on a horse. A lark sing. Singing horses. Ah, a code! Because she is also a code cracker. I hate to jump ahead. It's all connected with this guy. She has a gardener's magazine in her very well-decorated bedroom. Maybe it was trendy in the 1930s. What a terrible trend. <laughs> 
We also find out she's imaginative. My little brain reeled when I started this book with, if only it were 2,000 years ago. And then the story just continues. And then she sees a plane about to crash. And I'm just, what? Yeah, and Hannah has to be like, uh, maybe finish your thought. Yeah, what were you saying, Nancy? I mean, I relate to that as somebody with ADHD. I was thinking that if I had lived 2,000 years ago, I might have been a Grecian maiden. And in that case, I might be praying right now in the temple of Apollo at Delphi. So we know that Nancy would have been a sun worshiper. And then Hannah's response to this is to be like, and what would your father be doing? And she comes up with this whole scenario in which, of course, her father wouldn't be being, you know, a senator or a lawyer. Okay, now this is important. Some kind of philosopher. <laughs> right, we discussed how interesting this is, Nancy. You're not Greek now. Why would you have been then? And your father doesn't farm now <laughs> why would he have owned a winery and farmed then so i said to hope this makes no sense what you said back to me was beautiful she's not imagining that she would be in similar circumstances in location or her father would have a similar job her thought is if it was 2000 years ago i would definitely be in a similar class oh yeah living a similarly privileged lifestyle yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I find absolutely fascinating. And even Hannah, she laughs heartily at the thought of her employer, Carson Drew, the well-known lawyer, picking olives or hauling in a fish-filled net. I mean, it is funny. I'm sure he would have had unpaid servants or whatever. Also, he's a weakling, obviously. <laughs> His hands are soft. There's an episode of The Office uh -huh. where Michael is talking to someone who's now working sales, but he came over from some other country. He said, I used to be a doctor. I was a doctor in my home country. And Michael says, I wonder what I would have been back in my home country. He says, you are in your home country. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, but it's easier over there. You know, <laughs> just this idea of like, well, if I was there, oh, I would be a king. If I was in Greece, I mean, I would be the richest young lady yeah. with the most Titian hair. It just shows us more than I think they meant to. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the interesting thing about all these details is from all these details, you do surmise how privileged Nancy very much is. Nancy <laughs> sees an airplane which is struggling not to crash and dropping birds. The bird it drops lands in her garden. And her response to this is, a real mystery has dropped into my lap and about time. Is this what Nancy says when she drives by car crashes? <laughs> like, every time Nancy sees someone's tragedy, is she just, like, salivating and being like, I'm gonna find out why that happens. I mean, that's what we've seen in these books. It's not just that. It's like the universe owes her another mystery. <laughs> Effie comes to her with this mystery. I would love to talk about who Effie is, yes, by the way. Yes, please, please explain who Effie is. Okay, so once again, Hannah finds herself injured out of service the only way hannah can get vacations is by throwing herself down the stairs it seems she tumbles and she says i've got a substitute it's my niece and she is the goofiest most amelia bedelia-esque yes. <laughs> nonsense child way into hollywood and celebrities and... it's just like a way to purposefully surround nancy with likable characters and a good example of how appropriative the culture at the time probably was 
as she comes out in a kimono when we first see her. Oh, right, with a deep oriental bow. I mean, I'm sure there's etiquette differences between the way bowing works in different countries. Effie specified that she'd gotten the inspiration from a Hollywood movie, because her whole thing is she's trying to imitate the celebrities. Yeah, Effie's just a very silly child. She's one of two very silly children that Nancy gets to interact with, and it just it's just constant buffoonery. <laughs> She reads in this magazine about this interesting case, and she's like, Hey, Nancy, you want to hear about a case? Oh my gosh, that's right. She says, Oh, you're a detective. Here's a case I read about. There was this circus girl who went into a cannon and was shot out of it, and they couldn't find her. She just disappeared. Yeah, and Nancy's like, Solved it. Yeah, found her in the cannon. She's in the cannon. Solved it. And if he's like, Uh, oh, you must have read the story before. And Nancy just like, there's no, there's no extra, Nancy smiled wryly. No, said Nancy, I didn't. Yeah, she's just like done with Effie. Her whole attitude no, towards Effie. Effie is that Effie is a prop in her life. Well, and <laughs> kind of a deterrent. I mean, she's yeah. used to having Hannah just doing stuff for her, and now she has to like put Effie in her trunk every once in a while. <laughs> then she bumps into Helen. Helen's back. Yeah, Helen Corning. And Helen's I'm so glad back. you did this. Helen's back. Because it wraps it up. She's now married to Helen Archer. Archer. He came back, pockets full of oil from overseas. <laughs> Subplot of this book is Nancy <laughs> going and living in a lake house owned by Helen's wealthy parents. Helen has a mystery for Nancy. Another one of the, just one of those stupidest friggin' mysteries. Yeah. Uh, We saw blue fire, a circle of blue fire floating in the distance. And Nancy's like, oh, I already have a case. And Helen's like, ah, you're so clever, Nancy. I'm sure you can solve both at once. I'm glad Nancy likes that because it has the same vibe of someone asking you to do their computer because they know that you know computers. Yeah, but like, here was her, like, after Helen walked away, she said, um, (laughs) another case. It sounds hesitant, but it doesn't fit Nancy's character that it would be. Maybe she meant yum, another (laughs) case. It does sound more like Nancy. The Nancy Drew books, more than anything, make me so grateful to live in a time in which we've invented cell phones. Because the difficulty of signaling one another... Now they would have just sent her a video. The floating circle of fire was some sort of weird warning? They already sent him a greeting card with nothing in it that had to be cracked. Not through, like, some knowledge of code, but just through, like, intuition. The door's open in the picture. He wants you to open the door. The Shakespeare note was a tough one. This, I, I got Encyclopedia Brown vibes. Can you solve it, reader? They explain this blue circle of fire is a circular box in which he put nails mm-hmm. and wrapped blue firework cord so he could hold it like a shield, light it up, and then shut it to put it out. And that's dumb. That's a <laughs> dumb thing to do. Get a torch and a bucket of water, you nut. Anyone who sees it is perplexed for the rest of their life. If Mr. and Mrs. Corning had just right away hired a detective or hired a police officer, that was just an unnecessary risk for them to be there at all physically. It's the exact type of phantom horse nonsense that you don't need in your crime. We also find out from Helen Nancy's favorite meal, and Mr. Drew's too, (laughs) is hot biscuits and chicken, and they are fond of sweet pickles, which Hannah retrieves from the cellar. Well, let me get your sweet pickles. I'll share the sweet pickles. (laughs) 
We also get to observe more of her father-daughter issues. Though Carson Drew is proud of his daughter, as he tells the police at the end, <laughs> he also once again tries to convince her that she might want to give up mystery and raise flowers. Uh, it's dangerous being a detective, daughter. She sticks to her guns. There's also a rather disturbing interchange. I just imagined Hannah standing there, trying her hardest not to notice that this is weird. You attract mystery like nectar in a flower attracts a bee, Nancy. She grins. In this case, I'll be the blossom and hope the villain will come my way. <clears throat> you attract mystery like nectar in a flower attracts a bee. Seems a little flirtatious. It and is. And the use of the birds and the bees type metaphor makes it necessarily have sexual undertones. Just use your intuition and say, that's gross. We do find out that Nancy is a willing helper <laughs> as her and her father have to tidy the kitchen since Effie is not here yet and Hannah is in bed. That doesn't sound right to me. Either they did not do it right or they were not happy. I just think it wasn't very hard. Hannah had already finished the dinner. Right. Probably washed all the dishes except the ones they were eating off of. Like, it could not have been hard. Don't trouble yourself, Hannah. I'll take care of the dishes. Yeah, they're, like, overly proud of themselves. <laughs> you know, wiping their hands off as they walk away. <laughs> they don't wash them, they just brush the crumbs off. I did enjoy seeing her be sassy with the ex-convict who grabbed her. Every once in a while, she has this insight into the fact that maybe she should i don't know keep her mouth shut so when someone comes up to her and says are you nancy drew and she reacts with all the savoir faire of someone who doesn't want to get served i'm like yes go nancy she's like uh maybe yeah maybe oh, no. i don't know let's give me the message and i'll let you know if i'm nancy drew he grabs her anyway she's like i'll scream so he lets go of her and he says his piece of go tell your father he threatened the names are getting better we went from gumpy to what at least sounds like a 90s batman villain the way they describe adam thorne Instead of a weird, small, round man getting in her face with his beady red eyes and saying, I'm going to do something, we've got a gorilla of an ex-con. This is what your father could have been. He had been a lawyer like Carson Drew. Carson even says he was exactly like me or he was a lot like me. Ooh. But then he goes to jail as an embezzler, but he comes out as somebody who is sometimes violent prison system chews up all our would-be lawyers and spits out burglars kidnappers of elderly ladies violent men not rehabilitative it's not a good system when he finishes talking to her she says if you're through i'll go now oh and she says that coldly yeah yeah that was delightful i'm in danger i'll be a little punk every time in the past when she's been threatened and hasn't been this sassy the criminal has assumed they got the message across and left her alone. But Adam Thorne is like, I'm going to have to try again. Show up at your house. Push you down the, the hill. Because she's like, no, I'm not going to stop. Nancy Drew has been clever and not told him that she is Nancy Drew. But he keeps watching her from the bushes and her loud, annoying friends walk up to her and go, Nancy Drew, are you solving more cases? She literally thinks to herself, I hope he isn't watching me. He like cackles from the bush. Have a good evening, Miss Drew. This is a girl who's in the paper every other week for her skilled swimming, climbing, or embroidery. He was in jail, not under a rock. Check the Larkspur section of the River Heights Gazette now. <laughs> That's how he finds out and brings his dog to a Right, right. 
Anyone else in River Heights have Titian hair? I don't think so. She bites her lip in vexation. <laughs> Throughout this book, and you mentioned this to me, it feels like we're getting little educational asides. Whether it was the thing about being a girl in Greece, or about larkspurs, or bluebells, or now homing pigeons, Nancy Drew has that exact perfect amount of Girl Scout knowledge. Yeah. The second she sees this wounded bird land in her yard, she's like, I know who to call, and I'll tell them the number on its leg. That's the number they use to identify these homing pigeons. They show up at her place. The number is not legal, not registered. The aviary fanciers had no idea what this number was. It was unregistered. It was like just a random series of twos and ones. Four of its numbers match four of the numbers on the license plate of the kidnappers' cards. The bird's number is fake. The license plates are fake. Could they just not think of a lot of numbers? I guess so strange choice from a group who changes their password on the daily to their fake old folks home nancy nurses this bird back to health partial health being yeah. able to fly again she keeps it in a shoebox <laughs> her plan is to track the bird back to where it came from yeah that's how you solve crimes yeah even though her father even like tips his hand to that and says well this other lead is more productive than trying to follow a carrier pigeon back to its home nancy little johnny comes over a little punk who's our second child this writer introduces us to and he's just as bad tommy looks for clues jimmy looks for trouble so <laughs> johnny comes over he's like hey there's a, a box of bird in your backyard can i open it and nancy says no and johnny's like chill i'm gonna go open it he has to get on the phone right then for a wrong number i expected that to be a weird related to the case thing nope no. random nope just because effie can't handle the phone calls well effie also can't handle this kid and be like uh stay away from that box kid yeah effie's like is this yes what you want <laughs> or not <laughs> And, and Johnny goes, I think it does want to fly. It's flapping like everything. And Nancy's like, no, 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 no. No, I don't care what that bird wants. The bird does not know. The bird starts to fly away. It gets onto the roof. And Barely, Effie, because it's still sick, Johnny. Effie gets a like flimsy lawn chair. It's my favorite. To climb up yeah. on it to get my, Effie finally wants to help. Finally wants to get her Amelia Bedelia butt up there to help. And Nancy's like, that's not going to hold you. She can't reach it anyway. The problem is not that the lawn chair can't hold her. Nancy says the lawn chair won't hold you, and then she just falls over. Needless to say, Effie doesn't help. And Effie the bird starts flying. almost injures herself, mm -hmm. which Nancy barely cares about, because she's got to chase this bird. Nancy's like, are you okay? And he's like, only looking at the bird. <laughs> so they chase the bird. This is what leads to Effie having to climb into the trunk for safety. Nancy basically kidnaps Effie, shoves her in her car, starts chasing this pigeon. And Effie's like, no problem. Do you see that pizza place? I'd like to look at it. It's hard to follow. That's why her dad said it was a bad idea, because it is hard to follow a carrier pigeon, because they're flying. It's hard even in a plane. They're flying and they're a bird. They're small, and they're not a dark-colored bird, like a lot of them aren't. Hope. What? Have you been following my pigeon? Effie's job that Nancy forces her into is watching this pigeon while Nancy drives, which is a difficult task, but Nancy is not having any of <laughs> Effie's excuses. Effie's not a bird watcher, and Nancy doesn't care. Don't talk, just watch. <laughs> she says that crisply. Oh, yeah. Which just means she was very mean. <laughs> like, crisply. 
at another point, and she commanded her. <laughs> and at another point, she's like, please watch the bird, Effie. At least she says please, but it's, it's uh, definitely not nice in the context. <laughs> Effie is basically Helen and Bess's worst features. <laughs> yeah. Adding in scatterbrained tendencies mm-hmm. and just not good for Nancy as a sidekick. No, and then a child to boot. So they get to this place where Nancy decides she's going to go talk to this person and convince him she wants to buy his pigeons. Yep. And Effie's like, uh, I don't want to go. And she's like, well, you can stay in the car. And Effie's like, uh, I don't want to do that. So Nancy's like, I know. I'll put you in the trunk. Not like, I'll come back later. No, get in the trunk. Get in the trunk. Yeah. Which ends up saving her. Because Effie laughs hysterically, which distracts the guy just long enough for Nancy to get away. Effie apologizes for having laughed, and Nancy's just like, well, it saved my life, so it's okay. For Nancy Drew's own good, I would like to point out that equally effective to a hysterical laugh would be a small can of mace. Nancy, men are often reaching into your car. Or kidnapping you outside in a parking lot. And yeah, sometimes someone nearby is going to laugh, and you'll get away. The Nancy in this book wasn't just brave she was almost too brave she was very willing to take every risk was there a reason she had to go talk to that pigeon guy no she could just tell the police hey that pigeon that you were suspicious about it went to this guy's house at one point the hornings say they want to call the police and she says no just give me one more day yeah what do you mean give you one more day are you gonna lose your pension like secret of shadow ranch she's like i have to do this because it's dangerous Mm -hmm. why do we solve mysteries because they're there she comes up with this plot to go talk to this criminal group and her friends are like it's too big a risk for you and she says i'm not She wants to catch the criminals by convincing them to come inside the house they want to burgle so that the people inside the house can lock them in the house. And the only way she can think to get them to come inside is to use herself as bait. And Morgan's like, that's a good idea, but a better idea is I'm going to run out into the night screaming that I will not help them. And she's like, I'll come too. So she gets knocked out. The next day, she's just back on the case. Bess is like, I don't see how you can be so cheerful. You were knocked out last night. Now you're going into more danger. In this novel, as usual, Nancy is thoughtful. She brings a bouquet to her neighbors after they make lunch for Hannah. Sure. What we find out is she's a car enthusiast. At the beginning, we find out her car was a good-looking one. Yeah. Until it got sideswiped last week. Never comes up any more about that. She never does catch this hit and runner. <laughs> There's no further on that. So her father, his solution is to get her a new car. That's a surprise. They concoct a clever plot that she will ride this new car, but they'll follow the other car, the old car. Think mm-hmm. that she's in that. Yep. Meanwhile, they'll sneak out their backyard and hop into her new car. You gotta have a new car just to escape people sometimes. Despite the desperate hurry, Nancy felt a thrill of excitement. A new car, she said. Mm. At one point she goes, there was really nothing wrong with my old car. She's sensing the power of the new car. (laughs) And she says to her dad, I loved my old car. It did a good job for me. But this one is just marvelous. And he says, you certainly drive it like a pro. Despite their clever ruse, the bad guys saw through it and chase her around town. Finally, he's like, we're not escaping them. Just turn around so we can see who they are. She does a freaking 180 in an intersection Mm -hmm. like a boss. Slides around. Yeah, it's unsuccessful. They don't see. No, but it was cool. They think it might have been Adam Thorne. 
which really was their best gift to begin with. I mean, I don't know about you, but I assumed that the <laughs> the rubber marks left by her car signed her name, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Bass and George finally decide to show up in this book. Very exciting. Uh, vacation to the lake house. I think this is the first time I found out that George was also athletic. Found out she was buff in that other book. Oh, <laughs> well, if you think it's the same. <laughs> Conveniently, there's a Boy Scout camp, or a boy's summer camp nearby that uh, all their boyfriends are comp counselors at that's not quite true nancy's boyfriend ned is there bess's boyfriend bert is there and george's special friend that's what it says yes. <laughs> and i'm just making a small check for the lgbtq crowd out there who might be saying where's george stand well she doesn't have a boyfriend she only has a special friend so bess has already hinted at this but now they're like, we have a surprise for you, Nancy. And Nancy is not allowed to know it all day. Very worried about withering from curiosity. And then the surprise is just they like row over in their little canoe to see the girls and hear about the case. Nancy is very heroic as usual. This time is at the lake and she dives in and saves a little girl who was about to be hit by a boat. Yeah, she tries to drown that kid. She covers her face. Pushes her underwater. Her down to the bottom of the lake and waits so that the boat will pass. Luck is with Nancy as usual because this little girl happens to be the daughter of Mrs. Eldridge. I can't even with the, with the connections here. <laughs> Whose husband's mother is missing and may be the woman that Dr. Spire, who was kidnapped by the 2121 car, went and treated a dislocated shoulder for. Yep, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. He, yeah. The way we even know that Mrs. Eldridge is Mrs. Eldridge, or that there's any connection, is that Nancy has cleverly outsourced and gone to the jeweler with the bracelet that Grandma Eldridge gave Dr. Spire. Mm -hmm. Secretly. Sneakily, so that the bad guys didn't see. True. So she brings the bracelet there, and that guy outsources to a guy who knows about coats of arms. Coat of arms. Yep. Coat of arms, right? Coats. Coats of arms. The armory. Because how much more convenient of a piece of jewelry could you hand someone that you want to get a message across to that you've been kidnapped than a bracelet that happens to have your coat of arms and on the back says to Mary from Joe. A dog tag, I guess. The other way she outsources, she says to Ned, Hey, you chemistry expert, I know we're at this dance and you're flirting with me. But. But could you look at this uh, piece of paper I picked up? from the glowing blue circle and he says to her what does he say to her this is fireworks stuff he does say that but he also says you don't expect me to look at this do you when I could, yeah when i could be looking at you and nancy blushes and laughs she was wearing a simple rose colored formal and her hair was piled high with a gardenia tucked in it and she tells him please be serious <laughs> I think that we should find and wear this outfit. It sounds quite charmed. Yeah. And throughout this book, we don't really have, I think, time to go into it, but there are so many cute outfits and good furniture. He's definitely putting in some good advertisement. I was disappointed in the food, but the rest of it I liked. But at least he mentioned the food. He just listed it. Yeah. Like a grocery list. Yeah. But it's fine. Nancy gets to go swimming with the boys and do a very confusing dive does a marvelous dive because Nancy is good at everything as usual per usual 
right? Mm-hmm. Nancy balanced upside down on the edge of the board. Now, this is where we got lost. Mm-hmm. Me and you both were like, what? How was she upside down on the edge it of the board? It sounds like she's hanging from the board. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, but basically, we think she was, like, dangling. I assumed by her feet, maybe. Something. I assumed her feet were hooked on. Well, that's what I imagined, but what was actually happening? It was a handstand. It was a handstand. That makes more the most sense. So she balanced upside down the edge of the board for a breathtaking moment, then thrust herself off. Her body revolved in the air and straightened out so that her pointed toes cleaved the water like a knife. That was a beauty. And she, of course, modest as always, says, just luck. It was just a lucky dive. I don't know about lucky dive. Lucky life, maybe. I'm a pretty lucky person, Carl, and I've taken some diving classes Mm -hmm. back when I was a youth, Mm -hmm. and I never just lucked out and did the perfect die in front of a crowd of people. Yeah, but are you surprised, Car, because one got dented lucky? Because that's the type of lucky who gets the good lessons. (laughs) Well, and the time to practice. Yeah, exactly. She also saves Bess, who is pushed down the hill towards a huge bonfire. Yeah, by someone who mistakes best for Nancy, but only because they're wearing giant parkas. Because how else would you possibly mistake best for Nancy? Something's got to cover that hair. They come up with the clever ruse of Nancy did get pushed into the fire. Mm-hmm. And she's down, she's out. Yes. As if. As if anything could take Nancy out. Well, the criminals believe it. They underestimate her again. I like that Nancy saves Bess by running faster than Bess can roll down a hill with a head start and leaping. We also find out that Nancy is a disguise artist. Yeah. Unlike in the movie we watched, it is not a police officer dressing as a granny. But Nancy Drew herself. Sneaks into the most elaborate... Uh, prison for elderly women wealth extortion cult prison <laughs> they sell these ladies on basically the fountain of youth yep but they... this treatment is of course expensive yeah you need to leave your family and not tell them where you're going <laughs> and come voluntarily sign a contract drawn for... up by adam thorne by ex-lawyer <laughs> adam thorne yeah a contract for what i understand is basically a sanitarium So you are giving up, like, I mean, it's a smart operation. It's a clever. It's smarter than burglarizing. Yeah, unfortunately for them, Granny Eldridge climbs out the window, dislocates their shoulder, and since none of them are actual doctors, they have to outsource to Dr. Spire, which is how Nancy gets involved to begin with. They drive there. Mm -hmm. She has George, I believe, give the password, singing horses, and I guess drive in with nancy as an old woman but then the disguise just doesn't come into play again i thought that uh george wasn't there because she couldn't run because she hurt her ankle oh Bess has to drive that's right because nancy is also an ankle expert and is able to tell george that that ankle probably wasn't broken yeah but they do bring her to a doctor anyways and it's not broken but Uh, she can't run now as fast as Bess can for once in her life (laughs) That's the only time she uses that disguise. She even, like, walks by an elderly woman who sees her and is like, oh my, the therapy's finally working on someone. And she doesn't, like, stop to correct that misunderstanding. So there's at least one woman, when the police show up and take them all home, who's like, no, don't do that. Don't take me home. I'm so close to everlasting life. 
Well, she probably doesn't remember because they're all drugged. Fair, fair. Whole reason Nancy even needs to break in here is that if the police show up, Granny Eldridge tells her, in their through-the-fence, like, lucky happenstance meeting, the plan by the bad guys, all the ladies will be put in the basement, and some of them, it will kill them to, yeah. to do that. They're just going to stack elderly women in the cellar like cordwood, just like one on top of the other. Yeah, some of them have heart conditions. Yeah. Nancy Drew needs to break in to ensure somehow without a plan, that the bad guys are not going to be able to do that. And she doesn't. Well, she does. She was successful in the end. None of the ladies were put in the cellar, and none of the ladies were killed. But was any of that via her actions? Yeah. She causes enough chaos, and (laughs) she also gets the plane to come in. She also does deflate their tires so they can't escape, and that's what tips the one mean nurse off fake mean nurse and the fake mean nurse who is a real bully by the way real nurse ratchet she decides to run and she was the one in charge of putting the people in the cellar so nancy succeeds but only because this one nurse doesn't do her job because she happens to see that the tires were deflated or just be upset because everything's chaotic or something like that so really if nancy had just taken that nurse out when she was hiding under the bed from the nurse, maybe that would have been enough. There was recently a meme about, if you could go back in time, how would you stop 9-11? And there were a lot of people coming up with a lot of ideas. And there, I read one kind of jokey tweet that was like, this is what I do. I go back a billion years with a big box of cockroaches, weeds, and, and with a cold. And I dump out the cockroaches, and I put the weeds everywhere, and I sneeze on everything. And he goes, I don't know how that affects things, but I bet there won't be a 9-11. And that's basically Nancy's plan here. Yeah. I don't know how my activities will affect what happens, but I bet. She just runs around like crazy. She does know where Granny Eldridge's room is. She gets in there and Granny screams. Yeah. So she has to hide under the bed. And then she gets Granny out, but is immediately seen. She's clever to get into a locked room because while the nurse is in there, she puts a piece of cloth on the bolt so it doesn't lock closed. So if the nurse had noticed as she shut the door that it didn't click like a normal door with any level of observational skill, she would have been in big trouble. Really counting on the truth, which was that this nurse was very bad at her job. So yeah, Mrs. Eldridge right away screams, and the nurse comes back to bully her some more. This is her last mill. Like, it is brought to her as if she is on death row. Because she will not sign away the second half of her estate. Right, isn't it pudding or something? Something like that. Mm. But it's drugged anyways. Yeah, yeah. So the old lady won't eat it. What I find impossible to believe is there is one of the nurse assistants who somehow didn't realize she was working in a criminal organization. Like, she thought she was just helping a real doctor. I think there's an easy explanation for that. Mm. She's probably worked in nursing homes before. But here's the thing. Mrs. Eldridge figures out more about how this place operates Mm -hmm. than this girl who is free to go everywhere and is working for these people. To to double down on my joke, Mm. Mrs. Eldridge probably thinks this is a very unusual thing because it's her first time in an old folks' home. But if the girl's worked in a couple, she knows... This is how they all are. Well, okay. But if you want to triple down on your joke, 
Mrs. Eldridge even overhears that the old ladies will be put into the cellar if the police show up. Just like a normal nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like every other nursing home. But I just imagine that they somehow were really carefully not talking about things around this one nurse. Yeah. And is it like one of those situations where she was just like, they were like, this person is not cool. We don't even want to be in the same room as this no, person. No, I don't think that's it. I think they were like, oh, she's a cinnamon bun. So good. Too too good for, don't don't bother her with all this. She, let's, let's preserve her innocence. She's the so nice. involved at all. She applied and everyone loved her. Oh, she made the coffee really well and I'm. You know, she needs a job. and Is she a real nurse? She wasn't a nurse. I know that much. Because, like, if she'd been a real nurse, it would have almost made sense. They're like, we want one real nurse nope. in case there's actually an emergency. No, she was a nurse's assistant type. Then she maybe could have just handled the dislocated arm herself. Right. Nope. CNA. <laughs> Anyways, Nancy runs up to this room. That doesn't really work out the greatest. But in the end, she is successful and gets Granny Eldridge hidden on the bottom of the car and Bess drives out somehow convinces the doorman to let her back out and drives away now Nancy needs to go back in because she still hasn't really fixed things she saved one of the many old ladies now why this one lady was worth risking not being able to save all the other old ladies is not really clear oh she had the most money I guess the rest of them had already signed over their estates so now they were it's unclear hope (laughs) so she runs back up, somehow manages to get to the attic where she finds Morgan, of course, tied up, hides because people are coming to see her because she was stupid enough to turn on the light and mm-hmm. the boss saw it. Whew, phew, she made it. Immediately goes out into the hall and runs into the cinnamon bun girl. Mm-hmm. Who screams? Now she's not in a good place. She's running around. She gets kidnapped. And they're trying to figure out what to do with her. There's a long, drawn-out thing where they reveal everything they've done, of course. They gotta. They're deciding whether to bring her to the big boss or not. And then they just throw her down a cistern under the pigeons. And which I imagine could not have been pleasant. But later like later when she hugs her father and Ned and everything, all I could think is how bad she must smell. Um, but she's Nancy Drew. Bad guy is such a jerk that he breaks up her ladder and throws it down to her and says, Here, you want a ladder? So she says, I can use this ladder to dig holes in the wall. Uses one nail, digs out foot-sized holes all the way up. Then she still has to push off a very heavy stone lid. Manages to do that. It falls over her shoulder. That thing could have just conked her out right then. Anyways, she gets out, manages to send a pigeon to Ned. How that pigeon knows how to get to Ned? Shut up, Hope. Just shut up. I think hiding at their own hideout. No, but... I wondered that same thing. But then I wondered, how do homing pigeons work? How do they ever know where to go? Well, they're very smart like that. I know they know where to return. How do they know where to go? If there are just set places that they know that's a place to go but nobody really knows how birds navigate honestly there's different theories and we could get into it it's just like training any animal there's probably treats involved etc maybe we'll save it for the mini so she runs out she goes to the garage finds morgan is now in the car he's about to be gone and put in the bottom of a lake sucks because there's a perfectly good cistern right over there 
Yeah, I thought she was going to bump into him in that cistern. Kind of frees him, but he's too weak to run, but she just leaves him there. But she does punch out the tires, and then she runs, and she's so clever around planes. She runs and turns on all the lights of the airfield so that Meg can land his plane, pokes out all the fuel. She also would smell like gas. Ugh. Yeah, bad hugs and running around everywhere it was not probably bad hugs. pleasant smells a little bit like mrs eldridge mm-hmm. also by then like i'm sure they're happy to see her but they're also like this just happens like nancy ends up okay right yeah it's the equivalent of just like picking your daughter up from her job yeah yeah but yeah she manages to drain all the fuel the bad guys don't get away they get caught it's all very bad for them presumably and uh, nancy has save of the day yet again as we know just the running around the sanitarium alone just seemed like the longest most drawn out sequence to me but it wasn't entirely boring i really felt like i kind of enjoyed this one i don't know i mean it was nice but (laughs) now that it's over i just feel a vast emptiness (laughs) ned grinned if i were to give nancy the reward she'd like best i'd hand her another mystery but ned wouldn't be the one to give her that mystery except sort of he'd be involved but he'd be involved in the mystery of a broken locket i think like that clue in the broken locket something like that is coming up also check out our fun minisodes that are coming up yeah we got a lot of fun ones coming up we got a lot of really serious ones in the past in parting i gotta say and hope i hope you will too go wildcats (laughs) okay we might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime i have a we have a there's a host of video games we can um oh i don't know put them on our patreon remember to support us at our patreon (laughs) you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our patreon river heights radio we'd really appreciate it instagram at river heights radio twitter at river heights fm river heights radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, why not? We actually put a, a lot of hours 